Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be reading chapter 8 of the doctrine, or the teachings of the doctrine of eternal lives. The chapter is titled, From Grace to Grace, From Exaltation to Exaltation. The Apostle Paul stated, But we all, with open face beholdings, as in a glass, beholding as in a glass of glory, the glory of the Lord are changing, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Second Corinthians, chapter three, verse eighteen. <clears throat> Joseph Smith stated, "God Himself was once as we are now, and this is an exalt, and is an exalted man, and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. That is the great secret." We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute the idea, that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. These are incomprehensible ideas to some, but they are simple. It is first the first principle of the gospel to know for a certainty the character of God and to know that we may converse with him as one man converses with another and that he was once a man like us, yea, that God himself, the Father of us all, dwelt on an earth the same as Jesus Christ himself did. And I will show it from the Bible. So he's saying, even Jesus Christ lived on an older earth, the same as Jesus Christ himself did. And I will show it from the Bible. The scriptures inform us that Jesus said, As the Father hath power in himself, even so the Son hath power. Even so hath the Son power. To do what? Why? What the Father did. So the Father did what Jesus Christ did before him. So the Father was a Redeemer on an older earth. Let me read it again. These are the words of Joseph Smith. What the Father did. What did he do? What the Father did. The, uh, the answer is obvious in a manner to lay down his body and take it up again. The Father laid his body down as a redeemer of a world and took it up again. Joseph Smith goes on to say, Jesus, what are you going to do? To lay down my life as my Father did and take it up again. Do you believe it? If you do not believe it, you do not believe the Bible. The scriptures say it. And I defy all the learned, learning and wisdom and all the combined powers of earth and hell together to refute it. Here then is eternal life, to know the only wise and true God. And you have got to learn how to be gods yourselves and to be kings and priests unto God, the same as all gods have done before you, namely by going from one small degree to another and from one small capacity to a great one from grace to grace from exaltation until exaltation and until you attain to the resurrection of the dead and are able to dwell in the everlasting burnings and to sit in glory as do those who sit enthroned in everlasting power meaning multiple gods or Elohim They sit in everlasting power and in burning and glory. 
And I want you to know that God in the last days, while certain individuals are proclaiming his name, is not trifling with you or me. What did Jesus do? Why, I do the things I saw my father do when worlds came rolling into existence. My father worked out his kingdom with fear and trembling, and I must do the same. And when I get my kingdom, I shall present it to my father so that my, so that he may obtain kingdom upon kingdom, and it will exalt him in glory, and he will then take a higher exaltation. And I will take his place and thereby become exalted myself. This is multiple mortal probations and the progression of the gods. So that Jesus treads in the tracks of his father and inherits what God did before. And God is thus glorified and exalted in salvation and exaltation of all his children. It is plain beyond dis- disputation, and you thus learn the first principles of the gospel, about which so much has been said. When you climb up a ladder, you must begin at the bottom and ascend step by step until you arrive at the top. It is not all to be comprehended in this world. It will be a great work to learn our salvation and exaltation even beyond the grave. Excerpts from the King Follett Discourse, Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 345 through 348. So Joseph knew these things. This was his second to last sermon that he gave before his death. His last sermon was unfinished because of rain that came, and it's called the Sermon at the Grove, where he begins to expound more upon these things. But all that he knew was not divulged unto the people because he was murdered. But God has revealed these things unto me, and I teach the people. And my name may not be as famous on earth as Joseph Smith's, but in the heavens I am wildly popular. (laughs) I have many more friends there than I do here. But God revealed these things unto me. And I share them with you at the Father's command. Because in 2013, God showed me who I am. He showed me why I have seen him face to face in the flesh and embraced him and Jesus Christ. And he told me to be bold with my witness and to teach the people. So that's why I do these things. And through the internet... Isaiah chapter 49 is being fulfilled in that the Davidic servant will sprinkle the words of God throughout the nations of the earth. Now, I might be getting into a little bit of... uh, There are certain people that believe Joseph Smith is going to come back because he's the Davidic servant... But they say that he will be silent until the great disruption and everything is all screwed up and whatever. And he'll lead the remnant after the destruction. But if that were the case, Joseph Smith would not be able to sprinkle 
his words among the nations because that must happen in a secure society where there is uh, the ability to get these words out, which is what I'm doing right now. This is prophecy being fulfilled. And then just real quick, and I'm bringing this up because somebody was uh, saying something about the Davidic servant being Joseph Smith. And I said, well, he couldn't be. And I posted a video that I made a while ago. And basically what I said was, Genesis chapter 49, there is a prophecy made to Joseph, the son of Jacob. And in that prophecy, it states that the keys of power will not depart from Judah or the tribe or the house of Judah until Shiloh comes. Well, some Christian peoples think that Jesus and Shiloh are the same person, but Jesus was a Jew. He held the scepter of power or the keys of authority within the house of Judah being a Jew. When he passed them to Peter, James, and John, they were Jews. So the scepter of power did not depart from Judah when Peter, James, and John had the keys of authority and the scepter of power. But when they were given to Joseph Smith by Peter, James, and John, they were given to a pure Ephraimite. And the scepter of power at that time departed from the house of Judah to the pure Ephraimite Joseph Smith Jr., who is Shiloh. And when that happened, Genesis chapter 49, the prophecy was fulfilled that the scepter of power will not depart from Judah until Shiloh comes. Well, if Shiloh was also of the house of David, that would mean he was a Jew. But Joseph Smith was Shiloh. He was a purity for might not of the house of Judah. And if he were to return again upon the earth, he would remain a member of the house of Joseph and Ephraim as a pure Ephraimite. And in order to be the Davidic servant, you have to be partly of the house of Judah and partly of the house of Joseph, which Joseph Smith was not, but I am. All right, let's see here. We are 23% through the reading today. Continuing on, And I, John, bear record that I beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth, even the spirit of truth, which came and dwelt in the flesh and and dwelt among us. And I, John, saw that he received not the fullness at first, but received grace for grace, And he received not the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. And thus he was called the Son of God, because he received not the fullness at first. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verses 11 through 14. Brigham Young stated, With regard to the ordinances of God, we may remark that we yield obedience to them because he requires it. And every iota of his requirement has a rational philosophy with it. We do not get up things on a hypothesis. That philosophy reaches to all eternity 
It is the philosophy that the Latter-day Saints believe in. Every particle of truth that is that every person has received is a gift of God. Where you receive these truths and go on from glory to glory, from eternal lives to eternal lives, gaining a knowledge of all things and becoming gods, even the sons of God. These are the celestial ones. These are they whom the Lord has chosen through their obedience. They have not spurned the truth when they have heard it. These are they that have not spurned the gospel, but have acknowledged Jesus and God in their true character, that have acknowledged the angels in their true character. These are they that work for the salvation of the human family. Brigham Young, Discourses of Brigham Young and selected and arranged by John A. Whitsoe in Salt Lake City, Deseret Book Company, 1954, page 152. And that talk can be found in the Journal of Discourses, volume 19, page 50. To continue on with Brigham Young, to finite capacity there is much which appears mysterious in the plan of salvation and there is an eternity of mystery to be unfolded to us and when we have lived millions of years in the presence of god and angels and have associated with heavenly beings we shall then cease learn or shall we then cease learning no or eternity or eternity ceases there is no end we go from grace to grace from light to light from truth to truth Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 354. We're now 38% into the reading for today, and Neil A. Maxwell uh, is quoted next, and he said, Just as we can move step by step from faith to knowledge, so in particular dimensions of living, such as injustice or honesty, some mortals have merited the accolades of prophets in, the, in that thing. Significantly, when, when such spiritually advanced individuals were described as perfect, often their justness was the virtue cited. Little wonder, justice is so stressed in view of this verse. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee? but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. It is clear to that being just not only consists of fair play with one's associates and neighbors, but also reflects largeness of soul. In this broadened sense, there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Jesus himself did not receive of the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. His progress was incomprehensibly more rapid than ours, but the pathway is the same. So can be the pattern of grace to grace. For behold, thus saith the Lord God, I will give unto the children of men, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And blessed are those who hearken unto my precepts and lend an ear unto my counsel, where they shall learn wisdom. 
end quote by Neil A. Maxwell in his talk, Even As I Am, which was cited in Salt Lake City Deseret Book Company, Company 1982, page 15. So I guess the book was called Even As I Am. Continuing on with Neil A. Maxwell, he stated, Whether as a spirit son or spirit daughter of our Heavenly Father, each of us was sent here from our first estate, or our first probation, to undergo this joyful yet stressful mortal second estate, or second probation. And I'm adding probations here because they're one and the same. Being the literal premortal spirit, children of of the Father, each of us can, by going from grace to grace, eventually receive of the fullness of the Father as Jesus did. Doctrine and Covenants section 93 verse 20 and that was in Neil A. Maxwell's book A Wonderful Flood of Light uh, Salt Lake City Bookcraft 1990 page 36. Dallin H. Oaks stated perfect worship is emulation. We honor those whom we imitate. The most perfect way of worship is to be holy as Jehovah is holy. It is to be pure as Christ is pure. It is to do the thing that enables us to become like the Father. The course is one of obedience, of living by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God, of keeping the commandments. How do we worship the Lord? We do it by going from grace to grace until we receive the fullness of the Father and we are glorified in light and truth as is the case with our pattern and prototype, the promised Messiah. In the remarkable remarkable revelation known as section 93 of the Doctrine and Covenants, the Lord revealed a portion of the truths recorded in the record of John. The Lord explained that he gave this knowledge to his children in this dispensation, that you may understand and know how to worship and know what you worship. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse, 13, uh, verse 19. John recorded the premortal existence of Christ, his role in the creation, his mortal ministry, and his continuing from grace to grace until he received a fullness. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 13. John then bore record that the only begotten of the Father received a fullness of the, of the glory of the Father, including all power, both in heaven and on earth. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verses 16 through 17. This knowledge of the exaltation of the sons tell us what we worship. It also tells us how to worship and why we worship, that you may come into the pres- into the Father in my name and in due time receive of his fu- fullness. For if you keep my commandments, you shall receive of his fullness and be glorified in me as I am in the Father. Therefore, I say unto you, you shall receive grace for grace. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verses 19 and 20. In truth, as God revealed to his prophet Moses, this is my work and my glory, to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of man. Moses chapter 1, verse 39. That is the object and end of worship. 
and quote Dallin H. Oaks in his book Pure in Heart by Salt Lake City Bookcraft, 1988, page 135. The scholar Truman G. Manson stated, Are you aware that in one experience the prophet had the master approach him and said in substance, Joseph, I want you to read this. Then I want you to tell me why I want you to read this. It is something that John wrote about me. What does it say? It says something which is which is blasphemy in the in relation to the creeds of Christendom. Therefore, so much the worse for their creeds. It says that he, speaking of Jesus Christ, received not of the fullness at first. He was not always God. He became what he became, and it says it in uh, three times in Doctrine and Covenants section 93, verses 12, 13, and 14. But he was called the Son of God because he received not of the fullness at first, but continued from grace to grace until he received a fullness. And quote by the scholar Truman G. Manson, November 16, 1965, BYU Speeches of the Year. Susan Easton Black, who is a professor or was a professor at BYU, stated the role played by grace in the process through which the Lord received a fullness of glory of the Father was twofold. He received grace for grace and went from grace to grace. But what does it mean to receive grace for grace and to go from grace to grace? The answer lies in the very nature of grace. The word denotes favor, kindness, and goodwill. Out of this comes the theological definition, the free, unmerited love and favor of God, which brings divine assistance to his chosen ones. The key expression here, expressions here are love and favor and unmerited assistance. To receive grace for grace is to receive assistance on the condition of giving assistance. But not just any kind of assistance can be given. What transforms assistance into grace is the kindness and favor felt by the giver, which is extended extended to the receiver. When such service is totally unmerited, but grace does not have to be given without condition. Indeed, an important aspect of the word is reciprocity. The scripture states specifically that man receives grace for grace. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 20. Thus, the extension of favor is meant to obligate the recipient so that he will extend the same the same as he meets his condition this condition more grace is extended to him which further obligates him to greater assistance of others the the possession of light and truth allows one to forsake the evil allows one to forsake the evil one and to be protected against his machinations Further light and truth enable their recipients to progress toward a fullness of the glory of God. This was the case with the Lord. Through his benevolence, he received grace. Additional powers of light and truth were continually being extended to him such that he went from grace to grace. In other words, he went from one power level to another, 
from one capacity to a greater until he received a fullness of the Father. End quote by Susan Easton Black, Doctrine, Doctrines of for Exaltation, the 1989 Sperry Symposium on the Doctrine and Covenants, uh, which is recorded in that book and uh, let's see 1989 and it's pages uh, 37 through 39 Richard O'Cowan says how do we receive grace for grace and then continue from grace to grace John testified that we have received of God's fullness grace for grace John chapter 1 verse 16 that phrase may have several meanings The dictionary in the LDS edition of the Bible defines grace as divine means of help or strength. Perhaps John means that we receive this help for or because of God's goodness and power. The Jerusalem Bible translation states that we have, all of us, received one gift replacing another, the gospel of Christ replacing the law of Moses, And that's in that book, the Jerusalem Bible Translation, page 1243. The New International Version translates this message in John as, We have all received one blessing after another. And that's in the NIV, page 1593. Latter-day Saint scholar Richard Draper, who was a BYU professor as well, has suggested another possibility. To receive grace for grace is to receive assistance on the condition of giving assistance. Apparently, it was necessary for the Lord to grow through this process. In order to do so, he first received grace or divine assistance from the Father. This grace he extended to his brethren. As he did so, he received even more grace. The process continued until he eventually received a fullness of the glory of the Father. And that comes from Light and Truth, Light, Truth, and Grace, uh, page 37 through 38. Let's see here. And then it says, significantly, we too must receive grace for grace, Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 20. Once we have begun receiving God's gifts... Our challenge is to ascend from grace to grace or from one gift to another. Through continued righteousness, we progress from one level of holiness to another until we receive a fullness of God-like attributes. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verses 29 through 33. And that talk, like I said, was by Richard O. Cowan. Answers to your questions about the Doctrine and Covenants. Salt Lake City Bookcraft, 1996, pages 114 through 115. And that is the end of this chapter. And uh, I'm not going to be doing another chapter until the next time I come off of work. But the next chapter, when I begin again next week, will be chapter 9, Eternal Progression, Eternal Lives. So if you're new to this program, I... I'm a truck driver, and I live in central Utah, Emory County, and my job is to drive a crude oil semi-truck from this side of the mountain 
over Indian Pass, which is 9,114 feet, down into the basin where oil uh, is drilled, and there's lots of oil there. And I take crude oil from there, the Uinta Basin near Roosevelt, Utah, and Vernal, Utah, over the mountain, Indian Pass, to the rail yard, which is the closest rail yard that we have in this area, and load the crude oil onto trains, and it's taken down to Houston, Texas, where it's refined and made into many different things there. The crude that I haul is not for gasoline or engine oil. It is for your plastics and your products. There's thousands of applications for it, but that's what I do for a living. And I work uh, four or five 14-hour shifts, and then I get three or four days off where I have to recover. Um, I have three bulged discs in my back and neck and degenerative disc disease and arthritis and a whole bunch of other health problems because, for one... I started driving a truck technically in 1994 in the potato fields of Idaho where I'm from. But I got my Class A CDL in 1995. And with the exception of my mission, I've been driving a truck for all of these years. So this year in June, it will be 28 years since I've had my CDL. I've been in, well, I've been in one truck accident where I was hit by another truck which killed the other guy, but it hit me really hard. And I have injuries from that from 20, over 20 years ago. And then um, I had another thing happen where I hit my head really hard in a truck, um, which caused more injuries in my back and neck. And then in uh, 2009, When I was an oil field worker, I fell into a frack pond that I had been pulling the fluids out of. And the problem with that is all of the chemicals float on top of the water. And I'd pulled all the water out, so it was almost pure chemicals. And when I fell into this about four to six inch deep mud pit basically Uh, I was in there for four hours in November of 2009 and I was I was poisoned severely um, and I still suffer from the effects of that night with the combined effects of driving a truck for almost 28 years uh, and from the accidents that I have been involved in Uh, By the way, I have over 3 million miles and no uh, accidents have ever been caused by me. (laughs) God has kept me very safe and a paranoia that everybody else is going to run into me has kept me safe as well. But but God on numerous occasions has saved me from many different things. But my body is worn out. But I have a wife and five kids and a farm and I have to work hard to take care of my family 
And so I do so with these 14-hour shifts, driving a truck over the mountain one or two times a day. And all that this entails. Uh, We just had a blizzard named Olive go by. Um, Today is uh, February 22nd, 2023. We just had a huge blizzard go by, which they named Olive. And um, luckily I've been off, but I've been in many, 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 many other blizzards. And uh, throwing chains on all eight of my drive tires of my semi-truck and sometimes even on the trailer tires wears me out. And the work that we do wears me out. And uh, the tanks that we pull from have to be gauged and then I have to carry a five-gallon bucket of oil up to the top after I'm done loading and dump it in the top of the tanks. Um, and that's four stories high. And I tried to put these podcasts out there free of charge to be obedient to what God has told me to do since 2013. But I have to recover as well. So sometimes I can only put two podcasts out a week. Sometimes it's three. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's one. And sometimes it's none. Because sometimes I only get three days off. And it takes me the full time to recover. And it's just so difficult that I am in a huge amount of pain on my days off. And just trying to recover. Sometimes I can't do this. Um, but. I've, this is my fourth day. Resting. And I've been able to put. Three or four out this week. I think this is the fourth one. Which we'll post. Probably tomorrow. But. Uh, I'm doing the best that I can. And trying to take care of my family. And when I spoke to Jesus Christ face-to-face in 2003, he told me to stay driving a truck until he took me out of this. And even though I want to retire, I can't, for one. But even if I could, I'm going to be obedient until I can no longer do this job or until I'm taken out of it. So these are the parameters that I work within with my ministry and podcast. And yes, this is a ministry. Part of the goal of this ministry is just fulfilling the command that God gave to me personally in 2013. And part of it's because I have a desire to help people to open their eyes and recognize the reality of gospel truths. Before 2013, I wouldn't share my experiences with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ that I had in 1995 or in 2003 because I thought it was too sacred to share. But in 2013, God came to me and he said, ask me who you are. And when I asked him who I was, I was shown who I was before I came to this world who I was before the rebellion, 
I saw the rebellion and I saw the position of authority that I was called to after the rebellion and after Lucifer became Satan. Those are titles. And he was cast to the earth and I took the position that Lucifer had as the bearer of light and truth. And that's why I have seen them face to face in the flesh. And that's why I am the witness of the Father and the Son. And that's why these teachings are so important. Partly to give you something to ponder about, to expand your mind, to understand things at a level that you can go to God and ask him if this interpretation is true and receive a witness directly from the Father through the Holy Spirit that the interpretation that you have is either from God or from man. And as you develop that relationship with your Father in heaven, you will grow by leaps and bounds and become more like he is and begin to understand him for who he really is. And in doing so, you will be, you will grow from grace to grace until you have a fullness, until you grow into a fullness as we've talked about in these last couple of episodes. And if there's only a couple of you out there that are doing this, then my reward will be great. But I don't do this for a reward. I do this because I love you, because I understand how much the Father loves you, and because I want you to have that personal relationship with him so that you do not have to rely upon the arm of flesh or some church leader, that you can go to God and have a personal relationship with him and get to know your father and your savior. And I do these things and I say these name uh, these things in the name of Messiah. Amen. So-